Did you know stores offering upsells increase their average order value by 10 to 30% on average? Every Shopify store with more than one product should have an upsell strategy. My go-to app for running those upsells is Bold Upsell. It is the number one rated and most review upsell app on Shopify. I use it for my clients because it supports true upsells. Did you know there's a difference? A true upsell is where the upsell offer replaces the item being added to cart. For example, you're buying a one pound bag of coffee, the store offers you a two pound bag for just $10 more. You accept it, the two pound bag replaces the one pound bag in your cart. That's an upsell. A cross sell is like an accessory. It gets added to the cart in addition. So if I offered you a coffee mug to go with your coffee beans, that's a cross sell. This matters because a true upsell typically converts 20 times better than a cross sell. Now it gets better here. Bold upsell also supports funnel offers. So let's say a customer says no to that two pound coffee bag. Bold can then offer them a different upsell like a one and a half pound bag. Maybe they say yes to that. So then we can offer them the coffee mug as well. So you'd see where this can radically increase your average order value. If you're not sure which products to upsell though, I have a solution. When you install Bold Brain for free, it works with Upsell to create the highest converting upsells ever through machine learning. It's upselling on autopilot. We talked about it back in episode 151. Now, as an unofficial Shopify podcast listener, Bold is offering you their upsell app free for 60 days. Oh my gosh, 60 days. To get this special offer, go to kurtelster.com bold, and you'll be able to install it from there. That's kurtelster.com bold. Additional support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from SEO Manager. You already know the benefits of SEO. The higher you rank in search, the more visitors you get, and more visitors means more sales, which means more money in your pocket. But how do you do it? That's where SEO Manager comes in. It helps Shopify store owners get found in search engines more easily, and it's trusted by thousands of store owners. No surprise there, it's equal parts power, innovation, and ease of use. Think of SEO Manager as your optimization toolbox. Here's some examples. It can scan your site for issues, offer keyword suggestions, add structured data support, analyze missing pages and redirects, and even integrate with Kit, plus a ton more tools to help you be easily found in Google searches. Best of all, it's easy to get started. You can get started in minutes, and their friendly support team is always on standby if you need help. Seriously, I have met them. They are the best. And as a special offer to you, you can get 10% off SEO Manager forever when you sign up at seomanager.com slash unofficial. That's seomanager.com slash unofficial. Today on the Unofficial Shopify Podcast, we are talking with a tremendous email marketer that has quite the portfolio of clients in his resume and works uh, with a, a current Shopify Plus client that is just tremendous. We're talking today with Chuck Elber. Chuck started his post-college life working in the world of e-commerce and marketing and made the leap into the realm of user experience. Ooh, a man after my own heart. Over the course of a few years, he was privileged to consult on projects with companies like GoPro, Mozilla, and LG. Uh, that's some, some big boy real deal brands, some, some Fortune 100 stuff. Thanks to retail experience, he brought a unique perspective regarding consumer electronics and a desire to make navigating the world a simpler, more enjoyable experience. 
In 2015, Chuck returned to marketing, advertising, and growth with a broader appreciation for aesthetics, hashtag aesthetic, and usability. During his tenure at Nomad Goods, he has established a strong foundation in advertising, email marketing, affiliate marketing, PR, and influencer marketing. And when not working, you can find him adventuring, fishing offshore, or in the kitchen. He's not kidding about the offshore fishing thing. Uh, Mr. Melber, how are you doing? Kurt, it's great to be here, man. Doing good. All right, Chuck. Up front, I want to establish one thing. Why the heck should we listen to you? What is, give me some, some metrics, some stats on, on your current work with Nomad Goods, which sure. I love Nomad Goods. I've got the AirPods Pro case in front of me and the iPhone case. They both use Horween leather, which I love. Amazing tannery from Chicago. So I'm sold, but we got to sell our listeners. Why should they listen to you? Give me, give me the rundown, the stats. For sure, Kurt. So I've been with Nomad for about six years now, uh, running their email game since the start. Uh, at this point, we're sending out just over a million emails a month. Our average open rate is about 40%. Uh, about 20% of revenue is attributed to email marketing in general. Um, Whoa. Yeah. I mean, man, email is a, it's a fun little beast to play around with. That's for sure. What kind of list size are we talking about here? So it's actually not the biggest list in the world, um, but it's a solid list. We got about 320,000 people on there, um, but we're wow. constantly adding and removing people depending upon their interaction with our list. Um, so you're and, big on list hygiene. Oh God. That's, that's the biggest thing of all. List hygiene is easily the most important thing with your deliverability, your open rates, et cetera, et cetera. So like oh. if someone, if someone <laughs> signs up for a list or gets added to a list, but doesn't open a single email in 120 days, they're gone. Um, every now and again, we'll tap back into that pool of people that aren't opening emails, but that's once in a blue moon. Um, so yeah, I think we've had well over a million people on our list overall, but at this point we have 320,000 active subscribers. Okay. So my immediate first key takeaway here is that list hygiene is is tremendously important. Major key alert. Why is list hygiene so important? Like, what is why not just you said? Oh yeah, we you know you know a million people have run through this list. Why not just leave a million people on the list? Other than like the cost, because you uh, pay by subscriber yeah, on most exactly. platforms. So uh, a clean list is a well delivered list is the most important thing. You have a, a list out there that people aren't engaging, aren't opening your emails. Google, Yahoo, whoever, whatever ESP the end consumer is using is going to see that. They're going to be like, wait a second, no one cares about these emails from this company. So let's put it in the spam folder. Let's put it in the promotions folder. Let's bury it. Uh, but if you have a healthy list of people engaging and opening, 40%, 50% open rate, all of a sudden they're like, wait a second, this is actually really important content. These people care about it. So let's make sure the consumer is seeing these emails from this company, in this case, Nomad. The What would you say, uh, like just for... the not for Nomad, for an, unless you want to give us the number, but for an average cl Shopify uh, merchant sending out Clavio emails, what's a typical open rate like? Give us, I think, give us some, some range or benchmark. Uh, what I've seen from talking with other marketers and just reading different blogs and stuff like that online, it seems like, you know, 25 to 30% for like a, a random email send is pretty average um, versus like an abandoned cart. I think it's going to be more in the 40% range uh, for us you know, a random email, just sending out a blast about some new product or a flash sale or whatever tends to be in the 40 plus range. And then browse abandonment, card abandonment, that kind of stuff ends to be close to, ends up being close to 50, 60%. Wow. Yeah. These are some great open rate numbers. Yeah. I mean, it, the fact that the ESPs seem to like our emails because of those open rates, I think begets better open rates because all of a sudden stuff's showing up higher in the, uh, in the inbox. No, absolutely. So we've got uh, way better, op not just like a little bit better, mm -hmm. way better open rates. 
reduced cost, uh, improved deliverability, all great reasons to uh, keep engaged in list hygiene. Yeah. You've sold me on it. Uh, let's say, but it's it easier for you because you are a, a marketer coming in from the outside. Like you're not the founder. Your ego is not, uh, well, a little bit. Uh, oh, my you know, ego I'm sure, I'm sure you get excited by those revenue numbers. Yeah. But your ego is not tied up in the, the list size the same way a founder is the I mean, same way Noah is honestly uh, it was um it I is really, okay I was really reticent to start doing the list uh, list cleaning uh at one point we were working with an agency uh formerly email aptitude I don't know what they are now they've been bought out a couple times um and they came to me with it They're like hey man like we really should start doing this I'm like, there's no way like we can't get rid of a bunch <laughs> of our list you're crazy um but you know I saw the light and eventually was like okay cool let's, let's give this a shot and see what happens and uh it, it's been very clear that it has a very positive effect um so now i'm a, I'm a huge evangelist for the idea of list cleanliness well we'll give them we'll we'll give them the plug for getting you engaged in list hygiene yeah uh email aptitude is now tinuti t-i-n-u-i-t-i and go. i will i'll throw the link in the show notes they can they can get that free plug yeah they're, they're good good people but uh doing it myself now uh, okay, as far as we've established why we should do it, the, mm -hmm. the strategic advantage there, what's the tactic? How do I actually go about cleaning my list? So the, if you're, so assuming you're on day one, you've never cleaned your list, you got, we'll say 100,000 people on there, you got your 20% open rate, 25% open rate, like, wait a second, let's figure out those individuals that aren't engaging with my email. The first thing you do, for me, I'm going to speak to Clavio because that's the primary ESP I use, so I'll talk about segmentation in there. Yeah, and I think... Um, I think a majority of our our listeners are either on Clavio or considering it. So okay. if you want to just speak to like, I think it's safe to assume it, it's cool to speak to Clavio. Okay, cool. And, and at then, the same time, like your recommendations, even if it's not implemented exactly the same way, you can get something similar or close in uh, a lot of email platforms. Totally. Um, and apologies to Clavio if I'm pronouncing it wrong because I always go bounce back bounce back and forth between Clavio and Clavio. I've never been able. Cl to I believe it's. So I, I, at this point, second guess myself and Every day. they're one of our sponsors and they're even with me, they always make sure when they give me, they're like, Hey, we want to update the ad read. Mm -hmm. hey, what do you think of this? And they like, they let me, um, they, they're like, here's the, the original. And then I punch it up and, you know, make it sound like me. Um, uh, but they always put in the phonetic pronunciation mm -hmm. and even as many times I've done it, I still second guess myself. I like 95% <laughs> yeah. confidence clay VO. Okay. Well, there we go. Okay. I'm going to run with that then. So. Back to what we were saying, you got your list of 100,000 people, you got to clean it up. First thing you do is you create a segment within Clavio or whatever your ESP is of people who haven't engaged with your email in a given period of time. It's up to you to decide what that period of time is. Um, I settled well, what on- What would you recommend? I settled on 120 to 150. I've, I've kind of oscillated. Um, I think right now we're, we're sitting at a 130 window. So basically if someone is added to our list, it becomes a buy or is a buck purchaser. Maybe we got them from a cross promotion, whatever it may be. They're added to our list. We give them 130 days. If they don't open a single email, they're added to that segment. Um, so for you as a new person that's just starting to clean your list, you, you create a segment of someone who hasn't opened a single email in 130 days. You go, okay, cool. That There's 15,000 people now that aren't engaged with my emails. You're going to want to build out a flow for those folks. And that email flow is going to be pretty aggressive because basically if they haven't engaged with you up until now, it's going to be hard to get them to engage. So you got to give them some, some, something really good to get them to bite. So you want to offer like a crazy deal. I hate using them, but a super clickbaity subject line, something to get the person in the door to actually see your email for the first time. 
get uh all right so so some clickbaity email lines you do like a one word email that's like brutal you do the one word email like, i've, I've got people that. mad at me for a one word subject line which is funny um but what all right give me a well, off the top of your head do you got any clickbaity subject lines um i mean a deal like this never happens i don't know something like, like oh! just like so <laughs> painful and so uh i hate those but for this kind of situation it, it makes sense because you really want to get someone to look at your email for the first time and the hope is that they see that first email from you and they're like, whoa, this content is actually really cool. I like what these guys are doing. And then they're going to keep continue to engage with emails subsequently. Um, but anyhow, I would build out a flow of like two to three emails, extremely clickbaity, um, offer a sweet deal, 50% off, 40% off. I know it's a lot to swallow for a lot of people to do that kind of a discount randomly. But again, these are people that haven't engaged with you at all. So like, Odds are they're probably not going to engage with it anyways, but hopefully that that extra incentive gets some of them too. Um, so yeah, you're going to run those that cohort of individuals through that flow, and that's your initial list cleanse. So you went from, in this example, 100,000 to 85,000 people because you cleansed out 15,000 that just aren't engaged. That's great. Now what do you do going forward? Going forward, you want to build out <clears throat> a flow that's going to continue running where basically you're creating a segment like a, a segment that's continually updating of people who haven't opened an email in 130 days. And they're going to get the same flow that you just ran the initial 15,000 people through, but it's going to be a much smaller scale. So for me, I send out maybe five or six of these flows a week at this point, our list is extremely engaged. So that there's not a ton of cleaning that's going on on a, a daily, weekly basis at this point. But for you initially, you'll clean out your 15,000 people that are disengaged and then on like a rolling basis, you'll see like, you know, at first it's going to continue to roll out pretty strong. You're like, okay, wow, there, there goes 100 people, there goes 100 people. But as you get your list more and more refined, you'll have to do less refining on it, so to speak. Like, you know, like imagine you're carving a, a marble statue. At first you're cutting off big hunks, but then when you get to the end of it, you're just like sanding off little bits here and there. Oh, that's a good analogy. <laughs> I like that. All right. Um, yeah, I think that that's in, tremendously important. Um, if you participate in like list generation promotions, like cross promo giveaway type stuff, you'll see spikes of, of list cleansing 130 days after you initially send to that list. Cause anytime you do one of those promotions, they're great. And it's super fun to get an extra 10, 20, 30,000 emails, but odds are a lot of more they're low quality. They're low quality. Um, so you'll see spikes here and there if you're doing that kind of stuff, but it's to be expected and it's part of the game. Yeah, we have a, a client who has uh, been giving away cars plural this quarter. Oh man! And like sequentially, like one car to one car a month, and just tremendous for email mm -hmm. opt in. But you, as part of that, I mean, there was a very serious discussion about like, okay, what's how do we tackle yeah um, you know, list hygiene with this, and we need to like really be careful and double down on it because you don't mm -hmm. want um, those low quality subscribers. And one of the things I learned uh, the hard way. Uh, was there are services out there whenever you do a giveaway and I love giveaways, but there's services out there that people subscribe to that do nothing, but they're like, Hey, here's all the giveaways we found today. Yeah. And you'll, oh, those are the worst. And those you get, those are like utter garbage because they knew nothing about your brand. They don't care about your brand. They just want the free thing. Mm -hmm. So you got to be careful with the giveaways, uh, but they are, it's a valuable tool. You just need, you know, it's not, uh, it's not a free lunch is my point. Yeah. No, exactly. Um, okay. In, 
Well, you obviously use Clavio, and I, I wanted to ask this as, as my first question, mm-hmm. but we jumped into list hygiene, which is a hot topic for me, and I think it's such an underutilized thing. Mm-hmm. What's your, your tech stack look like? You use Clavio, mm-hmm. and you're driving a, a ton of revenue through it. Uh, what's the, within Clavio, like, or other than Clavio, are there any other tools you use? For me personally, Clavio is definitely the biggest one. Um, I'm messing around with Tone SMS right now for some SMS mark, uh, messaging and abandoned cart Ooh. stuff. Uh, now hold on, you're using it, but Clavio supports SMS. Yeah, I'm using. I'm I'm testing Tone. They have some really cool. I don't even know how to phrase it. They have some really cool like. All right, you know, I haven't tested Clavio's SMS to be completely transparent, but uh, it, my personal experience with SMS tools as a consumer is it tends to be a lot of like very body like okay, this is clearly not a person talking to me, like, whatever, <laughs> I get it, uh, experience, which I don't like. Tone has a much more humanistic experience. So, like, you're actually having a conversation. So uh, the the end consumer has a much better experience as a result, I believe. Um, but we've only been testing it for a month and a half at this point. So it's it's pretty new for us, but I'm, I'm into it so far. Okay. Um, no, but- and so what... Uh- you're new to SMS, but what's kind of what's your impression of it like so far? Because this is, I think everyone is interested in SMS. Mm-hmm. I think they're also scared of SMS. Yeah, and totally you have agree. a lot of people who are like, "Well, I would never want text messages from a brand. Therefore, I'm not doing this ever." Exactly. And it's like, well, you know, are you your audience? But uh, <laughs> that's the hardest right, part so of the marketer, I think. Did you go through? Did you have that experience where you're like, "Yeah, oh, I, I don't want to do this." I've evaluated SMS tools. I mean, I'm sure you have a similar experience. You get all kinds of emails from people trying to sell you their services. Um, oh, so it's honest. It drives me crazy. I mean, how many people and like, and not because I don't like the ideas on rare occasion, I will actually yeah. like, take part in, um, in one of these things. If it's like, you know, like I wanted to split test shipping rates for a plus client recently. Mm-hmm. And then I got an email or I, yeah, I, someone pinged me and goes, Hey, did you see this tool? And I was like, I can't like, are you reading my mind? You know, occasional, they had a tool that would split test shipping mm-hmm. rates. I'm like, how's that? How did that, how's that even possible that you knew this? But for the most part, it's just like, I love unofficial Shopify podcast. I'd like the episode where you talked about e-commerce. You should dem- like yeah, attend this. Web- no, yeah. like, I don't want to do the demo. Yeah. Leave me alone. Anyway, um, sorry, yeah. I got excited. I've, I've gotten a lot of those pitches on SMS. I've taken a handful of calls over the past couple of years. And every time I go back to the idea of like, I think our consumer is going to, our customer is going to be really annoyed by it. And I personally would be annoyed by it, just like you mentioned. Um, but then I got a, a recommendation from a friend. They're like, hey, you should really take the call with these guys at Tone and give it a shot. And we've, you know, we were admittedly nervous about it. I didn't, I don't want to be off-putting to the customer at the end of the day. Um, so we started testing with uh, cart abandonment, actually. Um, and it's been going swimmingly. People are into it. They engage really well with the, with the product. Um, but it's, it's been, it's been great. Um, that said, I, like, I don't have it blasted out all over the site yet. It's not like a big top bar or anything like that. Like text us for information. It's not in your face. Uh, but we're going to start testing it a little bit more on like product pages and stuff like that and see what the response is like from consumers, see what the engagement rate and what the engagement rate is like as well. Well, I saw one you said, oh, we don't have it like on the the top of the site. Mm-hmm. Uh Beard Brand, Eric Banholtz's mm-hmm. brand, Beard Brand, they did a thing like they ditched live chat on their site and instead just have an announcement bar at the top of the site with a phone number. Yeah. And they're like, questions, text us. Yeah. And I think that's brilliant. Yeah. Now the downside is you pay per text, yeah. right? Yeah. So you gotta <laughs> make sure with live chat, you're not. But and I asked him about this. I said, "Why do you do it?" He goes, "Well, I think it's I think it's human. I think it's engaging." He goes, "But more." He goes, "But really, it came out of um, a a 
performance effort. He's like, we we wanted to really commit to building a performant website and live chat widgets are bloated monsters. Mm -hmm. So like just having it like SMS is a no, no bloat uh, way to approach live chat. I thought that was clever. Yeah. We don't have live chat Uh, on our site either for that same reason. And it's, like, I, like some of these live chat widgets are like one meg like what did you guys do yeah exactly you know you want to try to simplify things as much as possible um yeah so we got sms uh i use just you know a little bit i don't we don't really have the whole pop over get 10 percent off give us your email we've done it it was cool for a while i feel like it's a little bit overused personally at this point uh in the industry so we don't really have it on our site very much at all um well, you could see, like, if you map it over time, you could see, like, kind of the, the opt-in rates on those things go down. And for that reason, like, I re- just refuse to do welcome pop-up on page load. Oh, Instead, yeah. I do, like, let's it just make perfect. it... partly done. It, let's, like, let's make it is on scroll. If someone scrolls to 50% of the page, do the welcome pop-up, because at least they raised their hand and said, I'm like, I'm interested. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, those are kind of my <clears throat> my primary tools right now, to be honest. I'm not, I'm not, not too complicated, to be honest. So. <laughs> no, that's great. Hold up. It's safe to say that most of us have been doing more shopping online lately. I know I have. There's just a pile of packages in front of my door. I can't even get the front door open. But if you're an e-commerce brand, that means you might be seeing more first-time customers. But once they've made that first purchase, how do you keep them coming back? That's what Clavio is for. Klaviyo is the ultimate email and SMS marketing platform for e-commerce brands. It gives you the tools to build your list, send memorable emails, automate critical messages, and more. Way, way more. That's why more than 30,000 e-commerce brands like Chubby's, Brooklinen, and Keysmart use Klaviyo to build a loyal following. Strong customer relationships mean more repeat sales, enthusiastic word of mouth, and less depending on third-party ads. Now, whether you're launching a new business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo can help you get growing faster. And it's free to get started. Visit Klaviyo.com to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com. Talk to him. You mentioned abandoned cart, and you have shared your abandoned cart flow with me before. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Tell me what you're doing with abandoned cart. So we're, we got a little crafty with our cart abandonment stuff, um, and we're segmenting within our cart abandonment flow, depending upon past purchase behavior. So we essentially have three flows within one for zero time buyers, one time buyers, and then I think three plus time buyers um, to give personalized content to a degree, depending upon what they've done before. So our zero time buyers get the most, I think, interesting deal where it's, okay, you came to our site, you abandoned your cart, you gave us your email, so you're clearly interested. Let's get something in your hands. Let's get a product. Maybe you don't want to spend 50 bucks on an iPhone case right now. That's fine. Here's a free uh, sticker pack. We're just offering free sticker packs to people that abandon our cart, basically. I'm going to have to look at the stats now after this uh, podcast goes live and see if we see a spike in it. But uh, it's it's a way to get give the, the consumer a, a physical representation of your brand with little to no burden of entry for them. They get this cool sticker pack. They see some really neat stickers from Nomad. They get an, an idea of the the passion that we put into the, the quality of products we make. And then the hope is that, okay, they see that first step and they're like, oh, wow, this is actually really cool. That's okay. Now I'm willing to invest the extra money on a, on a high-end iPhone case or a high-end AirPods case. The, and you're right. Like when you say sticker pack though, it's not just you got a sticker no, in it, an envelope. Yeah. It's got like this beautiful case with a, a 
a it looks like recycled paper with a topographic pattern yeah. behind it and you open it it's got a couple stickers in it and more importantly it's got the story got the but you better part. believe i got when i bought my airpods mm -hmm. case that was the first thing i bought um i got the and like i it's not like this what you you know i was like hey chuck hook me up yeah. i literally was just like nomad's cool i want this case um the truthfully i get a lot of stuff for free i mean it's cool yeah. but i actually paid for this I appreciate and it came with the sticker pack yeah. And whenever a brand sends me a sticker pack and I like them and I like their product, I put it up in my garage. And then it's just like this. And then I'll just re-notice yeah. it like every so often for the rest of forever. Mm -hmm. So I think stickers are a really clever way to keep top of mind. Yeah. And it really like it feels like it had it's inexpensive for you to produce, mm -hmm. but a sticker for people who are into it has a lot of value. Absolutely. And, and I'm I'm a big I love stickers. I love stickers to the point I bought my own vinyl plotter. I make my own stickers. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm a bit biased in favor of stickers. That's great. I love it. That's so cool. You bought your own vinyl platter. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a, a cry cut, um, is the brand cry cut silhouette. It's small. It's inexpensive. I got it on sale. It was less than a hundred bucks. Awesome. So if you're it all into stickers, totally cool. That's really cool. Actually. I'm gonna check that out. Um, so yeah, but so that's part one of the flow and that's for people that are zero time buyers, uh, people that have purchased once before get your standard browse or card abandonment flow. Like here, here's a reminder about the product. Here's a little bit of brand information, you know, pretty straightforward. And then the third part is people that I think have purchased three or more times. They're clearly a VIP customer for us. I mean, every brand has a different threshold for what quali qualifies as a VIP buyer, but three times purchasing is it's pretty legit for the, for oh, the that mean, I'm, I'm not VIP. I've, I've got three products, but they were in two separate orders. Oh. I should have spread them out, <laughs> made myself VIP status. You'll get there eventually. Um, so yeah, for VIPs, we do a similar thing to the free sticker pack, but we're giving away a free Nomad keychain. It's, I think it's like 15 bucks on our site. Um, and it's just like a little like, okay, you're clearly interested in more stuff. Maybe you're not ready to buy a wireless charger, but we appreciate the support you've given us thus far. So here's your chance for a free keychain. It's not, we don't just send it out on its own. They have to like go to the site and place the order for the free keychain, but it's, it's a nice little thank you for those types of people or for those customers. It is. It's very cool. And then uh, actually something I just did to my card abandonment that I think is going to be a little contradictory to a lot of best practices out there is I, uh, for browse and card abandonment for that matter, is I got rid of my second and third emails. What? I, I, I started doing a deep dive into the, into the stats on it. And I noticed they had a surprisingly, surprisingly high unsub rate. Um, huh. So I was like, okay, let's let's turn those off for a little bit and see what happens. Um, so I actually just did that maybe a couple weeks ago at this point. Um, so you're not... They had a high... It was the high unsubscribe rate? Yeah. It was like... Interesting. I think on average I see like 0.3 for like a normal email as an unsub, unsub rate. But for those I was seeing like 3 or 4%. So like drastically higher. Um, yeah. I'm curious to see what the effect is on the... Uh, on the total sales numbers, but I have a feeling it's going to be better in the long term to not have that high on sub rate. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. It sounds like you've got your abandoned cart flows really dialed in. I suspect that you're killing the game with post-purchase flows. What are you doing there? So post-purchase is pretty fun too. Um, you know, we don't, we don't trigger post-purchase until after the customer received delivery of their product. Uh, we want to make sure we're not being overbearing with juggling both transactional emails from Shopify as well as the post-purchase flow through Klaviyo. So we, we use Aftership to trigger our post-purchase flow. And we have kind of a few different ways of approaching post-purchase depending upon user behavior, just like uh, our, our card abandonment. 
So if someone has only placed one order ever, they get a fairly standard post-purchase flow. You know, they get like a little explainer about the brand, they get a thank you, you know, it, it feels good. They, you know, we, we introduce into our social channels and that kind of stuff. If someone has placed two orders, they get a, a totally different flow. For those folks, the first email they get is a personalized letter, personalized air quotes, um, from the CEO, just thanking them for their second order, thanking them for being an awesome nomad, all that kind of stuff, with a follow-up email introducing them to our Instagram channel, because Instagram is kind of our biggest, most favorite social channel. <laughs> um, and then for people that have placed a third order over all time, again, like we were talking about earlier, three times of placing an order is pretty important for us. Uh, they get another email from myself thanking them for being a Nomad Pro. And that's another personalized email saying, hey, I was looking through the order data last night. I noticed you placed your third order from us. That's so awesome. Thanks for the support. We love you. Um, that's how we got introduced. That's exactly how you and I met. Yeah, we came. You, it, It's a plain, I had placed my my Nomad purchase, the first one, and I got a, you know, why, uh, sometime after I, I placed the order and I'm like in love with this AirPods case. And I get this plain text email from Chuck at Nomad. And I thought it was really good. And I so I took a screenshot of it and I posted it online. Because um, anytime I see something cool, I'm like, hey, this is great. Share this. And I literally, yours was so good. I said, swipe this. So like, just do what Chuck does. <laughs> and I had no idea who you were. I just, yeah. um, and then Andy Bedell, marketer at Keysmart, yeah. goes, I know Chuck. I talk to Chuck all the time. Thanks, and then he introduced us. Yeah, no, that, that I'm happy that you reached that stage in our flow and, and got that email. And thanks to Andy for the introduction as well. Um, but yeah, people love those personalized emails, man. Like we get a surprisingly large response rate to that email, specifically the one that you're talking about for me, where people are either emailing me directly or emailing into support, just thanking, giving commentary on the product, offering advice, uh, just general good vibes. Um, and I think that's really important for brand building at the end of the day. Like you want, it's great to sell a bunch of a widget or a, an item, but at the end of the day, you want a bunch of people that are passionate about your brand and your product. And those are the people that are going to help you grow the brand the best. So getting those, those positive feedback responses from people is, is just awesome to see. And it helps us know like, okay, cool. We have a bunch of brand ambassadors out there that love Nomad. So that's, that is, well, and especially for you where a lot of what Nomad sells is, and I apologize. A lot of it is, uh, is a commodity Yeah, no, in that is. like iPhone cases are a commodity charging cables commodity. Mm -hmm. And, but what Nomad, the stuff Nomad sells is, is really premium and like that. So that helps separate it a little bit, but certainly you're not alone in that, mm -hmm. but having that tremendous brand building paired with it and that, that brand story and the messaging mm -hmm. and just like the aesthetic of it and the customer service. Cause like this AirPods case, when I ordered, I think it was in April, mm -hmm. just immediately shipped FedEx two day from Hong Kong. I couldn't believe yeah. it. Um, so like all of that combined is tremendous. And then when you've got brand building like that and you start to take it to a personal level, now every time you launch a new product, you have all those, those past customers attention. Yeah, no, and it, it definitely proves out like going back to the open rates in our emails and stuff. People love our email content because of the personalized touch and like, personalization is such a buzzword in email marketing right now. It's not personalization and like, I know you live in Chicago, so I'm going to send you relevant content to Chicago. No, it's personalized in the like triggers based on your purchase behavior that proves out in like the open rates we see across the board, as well as in our product launches and just generic email sends. Do you, uh, so I mean like when that email goes out, it's plain text. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about the, about plain text versus HTML? I think they're, two very important pieces of the pie. Um, and I think HTML 
you know, if you're going to sit down with a pizza, you should be eating three quarters HTML and maybe a quarter plain text. Um, oh, okay. I like it. I think doing plain text all the time, I think it get, too much of anything is bad, right? Um, people are used to pretty HTML emails. There's, you know, like the, the very corporate looking ones that have like a top nav bar, just like if you're on the website versus like some of the more e-com friendly ones that are a little bit more design heavy. Um, and, and people like engaging with that stuff. You know, admittedly, a lot of our emails are design heavy and they look gorgeous. Shout out to our graphic designer. Um, they are, they're very pretty <laughs> and they, they like perfectly match the site and it just gives you an overall impression yeah. of like, this is a well-designed product. Like in the sense that yeah. you would never like with Apple mm -hmm. where like the, all of their branding also reflects kind of the industrial design. Nomad has done a similar thing. We're, we're trying. It's, it's, it's hard to do it. That's for sure. But it, it's coming together really nice. Um, but anyhow, HTML versus plain text. I think plain text is, it serves a time and a place. I don't know if it has any effect on deliverability as far as like where it hits the inbox, but based on open rates I see from plain text, I have a feeling it might. Um, and I, I would suspect it does. Yeah. And then I think customers at the end of the day, they appreciate that personal feeling email. Um, for example, we, uh, we launched iPad pro cases just over a month ago, sent out an HTML email. We launched them on pre-order. So admittedly, you know, people are always resistant about or hesitant to do pre-orders and stuff. So we sent out a follow-up email as soon as they were live on the site. And that one was plain text. I split that into two groups of people, people who either opened the first email and people who didn't uh, blast out the plain text email. And I got like a 60% open rate from the first cohort. And then I think a 40% open rate from the second one. So people, when used correctly, I think plain text does really, really well. Um, but that's been my experience as well. Yeah, I, I, I try not to overdo it. I don't want to oversaturate it. Um, but the, the nice thing about it is plain text is, is good. It's cool. And if you have a last minute idea or you need to do a flash sale or something like maybe you're sitting in your marketing meeting, brainstorming on Tuesday afternoon, you're like, Hey, let's do an email about X, Y, Z. You don't want to dedicate, you know, three days of design resources to it. Just do a plain text, blast it out and see what happens. I think that's the cool thing about email marketing is like, it's so fleeting that you can test whatever you want, whenever you want Just don't be afraid Like, give it a shot and see what happens. Um, no, absolutely. That's my favorite thing about plain text. Though, is like, you know, a quick little update. Like, don't spend twenty four hours designing it. Just type it up and send it ten minutes later. See how see how it goes. Do you do uh, any split testing? Not a lot, to be honest. Uh, at least in the email space, um, we'll do a little bit of split testing on sub uh, send times. Or well, actually, sorry, send times. I do a lot of split testing on. Uh, but that's more or less it. As far as like CTAs within the email itself, uh, subject lines we'll test every now and again. So I, will, I, I always like testing if the emojis help at all in the subject line. Um, oh, <laughs> what's the verdict? Uh, it doesn't seem to matter. <laughs> but uh, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that like seems like obvious candidates for split testing. Uh -huh. That split testing quickly makes you realize like it is so insignificant. I would need a million people yeah. on this email list to reach statistical significance yeah. in this test. I think the most important thing for split testing is send time though, and getting an idea of like when your customers actually want to open your emails. Um, that's, that's been a big boon for us as well. Um, in the past, I always thought like morning sends, let's blast this out at like 8am local or 7.30am local. I always operated between like 7 and 11am local time, figuring I'd catch people on their way to work and their commute. Uh, whatever it may be. But then I ended up running a test through Clavio, like a 24 hour send test to see, you know, does my, does my theory prove out or am I completely full of it? And it turned out I was completely full of it. Um, <laughs> our optimal send time happens to be the evening. 
um, which has been oh no way yeah, it, that actually helped a lot with our deliverability rates and open rates as well. Uh, so now I send out emails at like seven ish p.m. local rather than seven a.m. Uh, mm. And I'm continually testing that, like, and I'm I'm not operating on a seven exactly send time. I'm you know playing around now between like five and ten p.m. to hone in on it. And actually, like the latest data is showing it's trending even later. So nine p.m. is what I'm starting to test with now. Uh, Interesting. And I I have no idea why that is. I just just discovered that. So we'll we'll see if we can come up with a good theory as to why it's so late. But hey, do you have any uh, one-off emails you trigger in Clavio? Any one-off emails? Not. Let me see real quick here. I don't think so. I mean, well, all right, I take that back. We have some one-off emails we send, and it's usually product-specific. So it's like, um, oh. did you order, like, we have a titanium and a stainless steel Apple Watch band. That are, we send a tool with it to, to adjust the links. So you don't have to take it to a watch shop and have them do it. So that one, it's like, okay, the person purchased it. Let's make sure they get the communication. Like, this is how you adjust the tool yourself. So that has a, is a one-off email. That was not revenue driving. It's just customer experience drive. It's customer experience. Exactly. But that's still, that's important um, for the customer experience and that pays dividends on its own. Yeah, exactly. And it, people seem into it. Um, and then I guess another one we do is uh, predictive next purchase within Clavio. I've been, Ooh. I've been pretty into that one. Um, I started testing that when they first launched it and, you know, customer lifetime for customer repurchase rate for us is, is fairly slow because most people buy an iPhone and they don't buy another one for two years and they buy one case and they're not going to buy another case for two years. So when I first started testing predictive next purchase, I was testing two different styles of it. One for people who have made one purchase over all time and then one for people who have made two or more purchases over all time. Um, and the one-time purchaser predictive next purchase just did not go well at all. Um, I think just because their data was so limited for those folks. So I ultimately turned that one off. But the one for two plus buyers, that one is awesome. It's been a really, really nice flow to have running, um, driving a lot of incremental revenue. I'm using that now rather than the like, happy anniversary. Thanks for being a nomad for one year. <laughs> um, I know a lot of people like those emails, but I, I've gotten rid of that in favor of the predictive next purchase just because I think. Have you ever tried um, the birthday email flow where you ask them their birthday and then you send them? No, we, we actually just had a conversation about that not too long ago and ultimately decided, no, we're not going to do that. I don't know. It feels a little, little hokey. I mean, it's cute. It feels good. So this is what I agree with you. But uh, if it make like for the if it makes sense for the brand, mm -hmm. like and especially like lifestyle brands, I think it makes more mm -hmm. sense. So it might make sense for Nomad. Um, but what's interesting about it is it it does better than you'd think mm -hmm. because it's reliant on the person putting in their birthday. Mm -hmm. So by virtue of them putting in their birthday, only the people who are interested get the birthday flow. Email. That's a good point. So it's kind of they're self selecting. Yeah. And so it actually it. I, I bet it would work better than you'd think. That's a good point. Might have to circle back on that. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I like the, the the only pain with the birthday flow email is like you have to have a system to get them to put their birthday yeah. in. And the easiest way is just to be like in the order confirmation, like as part of your post-purchase sequence. Yeah. Hey, you know, we, we got you something for your birthday, uh, but we, you got to tell us where to send yeah. it first. And then you just have them, like you add birthday as a field in um, the the subscriber preferences and then you're like the call to action is really just they go update their subscriber preferences that's a cool idea i think it'd be really awesome if like for a consumable brand if you could get their if it's a post-purchase thing you get their birthday you sell bone broth whatever it may be don't even send them an email on their birthday just send them a free package of like for a free thing you already have oh. their address you already know what their birthday is like i think that'd be amazing from a consumer experience or customer experience the 
Yeah, no, that's really good. A, like a literal gift, like a surprise. Yeah. Any of the subscription services should be doing something like that. Like if you have a sock club, cool, send them a pair of socks. You shave club, send them a razor. That is that's brilliant. Especially, oh man, this is fun. Especially if they're like they're dropped off as a customer, maybe they've unsubscribed or whatever it may be. Then what better way to get them back to shopping with you? It's just like, hey, it's your birthday, happy birthday. Here's a free thing from our subscription. Hey, do you want to come back? I like that. Um, I like those. We're coming to the end of our time together. Let me hit you with some lightning round questions. Right. <laughs> Fire. If you, uh, all right, gun to your head, you can only save one flow. All the other flows aren't going to make it. What's the flow you save? Card abandonment. Card abandonment. All right. Uh, biggest surprise in email marketing where you're like, I'm 100%. Actually, you know what? What's your biggest failure in email marketing? Let's go that way. Where you're like convinced this is going to work and then it just didn't live up to your expectations. Honestly, I don't know. I was going to say the biggest shock. You're just too busy winning. <laughs> I wish I could say that too. <laughs> I'm just not introspective enough. Um, the biggest shock was the send time stuff. You know, I think okay. morning send times would be the way to go and then finding out, no, I'm totally wrong on that. Uh, how about biggest win? Biggest win? Cleaning the Or biggest surprise. Yeah, cleaning the list was the biggest win for sure. Okay, I love it. Uh, and if you could add any feature to Clavio, we'll do a little customer development for that. Yeah. If you could add any feature to Clavio, what do you wish it had? Oh man, these aren't lightning questions. These are in depth. <laughs> well, for, I I would just try to come up with stuff. No, I like uh, it. Um, like for me, it would be if they added on-site personalization because I'm already building this profile of the customer yeah. and what they do. If I could just be like. If I could remove, if I could hide elements on the site based on their behavior oh, that I've stored in Clavio, yeah. that would be like next level. Like if someone only purchased Android devices, let's only show them stuff. Right, exactly. That'd be really cool. Um, um, I don't know, man. I mean, the Facebook integration, I mean, that, that's an old tool. That's so rad. I'm so happy they have that now so I can just sync my, my uh, segments with uh, Facebook automatically. Um, their API is awesome. So I'm able to tie in different tools whenever I want, which is, I love, um, and like their, their flow building and reporting is getting stronger and stronger. Um, one thing I think would be really cool is like being able to benchmark against everybody else in the industry and not knowing, oh, that would be I don't cool. need to compare myself to brand X directly, but you know, similar brands and just know like, am I, like, I think I'm doing good, but am I really, or am I doing terrible? And I just don't realize it. You know, with with a lack of data, it's hard to know exactly where you I, measure up. I think you're doing great. Thank you. <laughs> for the record. Um, and finally, predictions for Q4. What do you think Black Friday oh, God. is going to be like this year? I think it's going to be Black November, for sure. Uh, I heard a lot of people saying, like, the, the common thing I'm hearing is the sales are going to start earlier oh, yeah. because we don't know what's going to happen with supply chain. Oh, I didn't even think about the supply chain thing side of things. I'm just the past three years, it's been trending earlier and earlier. You know, at first it was only Black Friday. Then it was, okay, let's try it on, on Thanksgiving proper. Let's try it on Wednesday. This year we launched Black Friday sale on Sunday before Black Friday. Yeah, for yeah. a couple of our brands, we did that last year too. And it worked. Yeah, it was amazing. So I, I, I also noted anecdotally, of course, that my inbox was seeing a lot of sale stuff pre-Black Friday. And it's not like teaser emails. It's like, this is the sale. Come shop now. Um, and I think ca capturing those consumer dollars before they get spent elsewhere or the need to do so is going to force the trend to go earlier and earlier. Uh, no, absolutely. But the fact that it, like all the retail stores, brick and mortar stores are going to be potentially still closed is going to, I think there's going to be a, a big year for e-commerce sales. 
Not that last if, year wasn't, uh, but if, even more so. No, I uh, fingers crossed. Yeah. I think you're right, and I I hope that is the case. Um, but I think we should all we should probably all start earlier this year than we think. Yeah. Uh, if someone were to go make a purchase from Nomad Goods, is there a coupon code they could use? Yeah. So like a welcome code. Uh, so no, we don't have a welcome code. But for the podcast, I will make you all a twenty percent off full price in stock items code. So if it's pre order or back order, the code won't apply. Um, and the code will be unofficial. Uh, I'm putting it in the show notes. Use code unofficial for twenty percent off in stock goods until October first. Yeah. Got it. Cool. That's very very kind. Yeah, of you. I'll make that three. Uh, and if someone wanted to learn more about Chuck Melber or connect with you, where can they go? Uh, or do you just want them to leave you alone? No, feel free to hit me up. You don't need the tech demos. <laughs> yeah, no, no sales pitches. But if you want to chat about marketing or anything like that, please feel free to hit me up on LinkedIn. Uh, I think it's just Chuck Melber Jr. I'm always happy to chat. I honestly love chatting with marketers in other verticals uh, just because I've been in the consumer electronics space for so long that talking with someone in apparel or backpacks or I don't know, sunglasses, anything else is it's always a refreshing and then B just forces you to take a new look on things that will help educate myself as, you know, hopefully it's a win-win conversation kind of thing. I love it. That's, that's a great way, great way to look at it. A rising tide lifts. Exactly. Uh, but as far as LinkedIn goes, it's uh, LinkedIn slash Chuck Melber. Cool. Uh, yeah. Connect with Chuck. He's a super cool guy. Uh, Chuck, thank you for doing this. This was incredibly valuable. No, it's been a pleasure. I really appreciate you having me on. Um, like I said, I love talking about marketing. So it's, it's, it's been a true pleasure. Thank you very much, Kurt. If you've ever updated your Shopify theme, you know how time consuming it can be, especially if you have to migrate customizations like app installs or language edits. Fortunately, there's a better way. The folks at Out of the Sandbox built a tool that makes updating your theme faster and significantly easier. It's called the Theme Updater app. With it, you can update your Out of the Sandbox or Pixel Union theme with the click of a button without losing any of your old settings, customizations, or app installations. You'll get email notifications whenever a new version of your theme is available. And with the Pro Plan option, you can enjoy access to priority theme support, retain custom language edits, and view template customizations to accelerate your theme updates. Start updating your theme today. Go to outofthesandbox.com unofficial to see the theme updater in action. And best of all, if you purchase Flex or Turbo using the code KURT20, you'll save 20% and get a year of access to the theme updater absolutely free. That's right. Save 20% and get one year of updates and upgrades for free. That's code KURT20 for 20% off Flex or Turbo and one year free of the Theme Updater app. Never miss out on another theme update again. If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe up over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including links to sites we discussed, and maybe some details you missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors, so please support our show by supporting them. And thank you. The unofficial Shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at EtherCycle.com. Thanks for listening.